Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by Stone Turn. A word about Stone Turn. Who do you turn to when you need assistance navigating the emerging risks around the pandemic or help enhancing your compliance program? Who do you turn to for on-demand compliance resources and expertise? Turn to us, Stone Turn. Since 2004, council corporations and government agencies have turned to the global advisory firm Stone Turn when facing their greatest challenges. Make Stone Turn the place you turn for advice on regulatory, risk, and compliance issues, investigations, and business disputes. In this five-part podcast series to celebrate Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week, we will consider each of the six elements required for an effective compliance program as laid out in Stone Turn's Six Elements of an Effective Compliance Program. These six elements are risk assessment, governance and structure, policies, procedures, and controls, training and education, oversight and reporting, and response and enhancements. Over this five-part podcast series, I will be joined by Stephen Martin, Valerie Charles, partners at Stone Turn, and Toby Ralston, Jamin Tyler, Managing Directors at Stone Turn. In this episode two, I visit with Stone Turn partner Stephen Martin on corporate governance and structure. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode in our series. And today I have with me Stephen Martin. Stephen is a partner at Stone Turn. Stephen, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Tom. Uh, look forward to the conversation. Stephen, uh, today I wanted to visit with you about uh, the prong or the element, I should say, governance and structure. Um, obviously, a CCO needs to have access and expertise I often say that the days of coach going down to run the compliance function are, are long past, uh, somewhat jokingly. <laughs> uh, but it's more than just a CE, CCO having expertise. The CCO needs access, and the inc- entire compliance function must be adequately resourced. What do you, when you counsel clients, what do you tell them that means in practice? Well, you know, Tom, what we're talking about here is one of the six, you know, elements of an effective compliance program. Um, You know, and and you and I've talked about this over the years, that one of the keys to an effective compliance program is this governance and structure. And it's really a leadership question, right? So, you know, companies should have a chief compliance officer, regardless of kind of what the title is. That person should have adequate um, authority and level inside the organization to be able to address the issues effectively, uh, they should have, you know, from the DOJ's perspective, they should have um, adequate resources, uh, both in terms of personnel and money to be able to, you know, help the company maintain uh, an effective compliance program. And then they, they really need to have um, direct access to the you know, board of directors and to the CEO um, to, to be able to raise issues that come up and, and be able to address uh, the compliance program in a way that's going to be effective. You know, as you know, I was a chief compliance officer at three major companies. And one of the biggest issues is always how much access do you have to the board of directors? Um, and that has changed dramatically over the over a number of years. And certainly in some organizations, I mean, in some industries, you have to report directly, you know, to the board, but often compliance officers still are restricted in, in their access. And to me, it's one of the key things on from a governance structure standpoint that we need to focus on and continue to improve for compliance professionals around the world. 
Stephen, let me turn to the board of directors uh, because that's one area that I know you and I have talked about over the years. Certainly, I have felt the board has been at time, times lacking, and I say the board uh, generally, uh, generally as, as possible. The Department of Justice uh, started talking about the board's responsibility in the 2017 FCPA corporate enforcement, where they said the board needed compliance expertise. But really, one of the leaders, thought leaders in this area, has been the Delaware Supreme Court. So there's a series of cases, the Caremark decision, talking about uh, the board's role and responsibility around compliance, and they brought that forward literally into to 2020. So I wanted to maybe use that as an introduction to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on why a board should have compliance expertise? Do you think there should be a separate compliance committee or uh, is an audit committee sufficient? Yeah, so, you know, uh, that's a that's an important question in the compliance industry these days. Um, you know, at, at, no question that the board has... Um, the responsibility to oversee the effectiveness of a compliance program and and be both knowledgeable about the program and be willing to engage in proper oversight, right? And so if you're a board member uh, sitting on, you know, a public board or a private board, you do have an obligation um, to and a responsibility to understand the effectiveness of a compliance program. And so I often will do compliance program assessments that get reported to the board, or I'll make presentations to the board about the effectiveness of the compliance program, as well as their responsibilities as a board member. And so that that's the first thing that certainly board members should be thinking about. The second thing I think is critical, and it's certainly not an industry standard yet, is that we should have board members who have compliance experience, right, as a compliance officer. If you look at what makes up boards, it's often former CEOs, former executives, you know, board members, other people that have financial and operational experience. And on occasion, it'll be, you know, a general counsel or former general counsel with legal experience. Um, but it, it almost always is more business oriented and focused. And I think companies are going to see, and some companies do, have put compliance professionals on the board of directors which to me is a no brainer these days, you know, with the amount of risk that you face, um, you know, from a legal uh, and compliance side, as well as a reputational risk, having a board member with really specific, you know, high level experience in the compliance field is absolutely critical. And so one of the things I think our industry should be pushing forward is, you know, more exposure and more involvement as board members uh, to these companies. You know, the other thing that I think is, is really critical is to me, it's not as important about who, where you directly report. Some industries require it, you know, like uh, healthcare industries, you have to have a separate GC and compliance officer and they need to report to, um, to the uh, board of directors. But I think, you know, having access to the board uh, is critical. Um, often the audit committee serves that role and, and they often do a great job. I mean, I've worked with a lot of audit committees and, you know, people are very knowledgeable. A lot of the audit professionals get it. They care about compliance, but again, they don't have that specific experience. And if I was, you know, sitting on a board or a CEO of a publicly traded company, I would want to set up a separate compliance committee or a separate compliance and risk committee because the issues are so complex. I think people are so busy that splitting out audit and compliance into a compliance risk committee, I think, would be a very effective approach from the board, especially if you have individuals that have the right uh, background experience to do that. Um, so I'm a strong proponent of both adding compliance expertise from a personnel standpoint on boards, as well as setting up a compliance and risk committee. Stephen, in a prior podcast, we talked about risk assessments. I was wondering if uh, 
the risk assessment process lends itself to looking at the board, looking at not exact, not so much what the board might know about compliance, but their role in oversight. Is is that a, an appropriate mechanism to help a company understand whether a board is fulfilling its oversight obligations around compliance? So that's a great question, Tom. I would say most companies don't do that, right? Um, I would say when I conduct risk assessments, you know, probably 25% of the risk assessments, you will talk to a board member or the head of audit committee or the chairperson of the board, but it's more to get their view of the risk and compliance in the organization and how that's being handled. Um, You know, and on the risk assessment results, most of the time, those don't necessarily get reported up to the board as much as they should as well. And so I I do think that that is a critical component of and should be included in a risk assessment. Um, When we talk about the six elements of, you know, of an effective compliance program, and this is across, you know, all government organizations, not just the DOJ, but one of the things is risk assessment, right? And the governance and structure of the board. Those are two of the six components. And so without really evaluating how the board is interacting and what they're doing for the to discharge their responsibilities, um, you can't really understand that governance part. So absolutely, I think that should be part of the risk assessment. It's a great question. We go into the weeds a little bit with the next question. Do you feel like a compliance committee on the board should have a charter? And if so, how broad or, or even maybe how res- not restrictive, but how detailed should it be? Well, I think you have two two options here, right, as a company. One is to have a compliance committee on the board, this compliance at risk committee that we talked about. And if you have it on the board, certainly you should have a charter so that everybody understands, especially if it's a public company, what that what that board committee is going to be doing and what their uh, responsibilities are and, and how they're going to execute on those duties. You know, the other option for companies, and, and I do this a fair amount, is to set up a compliance committee made up of you know, senior leaders or second level management um, across the enterprise that come together as a compliance and risk committee that ultimately then has a chair, often the chief compliance officer that reports that work that's done internally in the company to the board, right? So it could be to the board compliance committee or to another committee. But I think that's also a great way to do it, which is, you know, much of more hands-on day-to-day involvement on ongoing risk management and ongoing oversight of the compliance risks that are out there um, in the organization. And so I think ideally, if you're going to have it, you would have a compliance committee, you know, at the company level that reports up to the board's compliance uh, committee and have that all detailed out in a charter. Stephen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted additional information on any of the topics we've touched upon in this podcast. Where could they go? Sure. They can uh, They can find information about StoneTurn at www.stoneturn.com, uh, or they can reach out directly to me uh, by email, which is smartin at stoneturn.com. Stephen, uh, thanks for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. No, it's great, Tom, as always. It's, uh, it's always nice to have a chat with you about compliance. This is Tom Fox again. If you'd like more information on Stone Turn, check out their website, www.stoneturn.com. I've also linked to it in the show notes. I hope you will join us again for another episode in our five-part series on the six elements of an effective compliance program. I know you will find it useful. This special podcast series, sponsored by Stone Turn, is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network.